right. Welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us J.C. Castillo, president of Velo Residential. J.C., how you doing? What's going on, Dan? Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Really appreciate it. This is going to be fun. I think that you're going to provide a unique angle on a, on a topic that a lot of people are interested in. So definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. So look, no before, problem. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm ready. I'm I'm excited. So before we talk about all these interesting uh, topics that we're going to discuss today, I want to know a little bit more about you. So if you would tell our viewers who is J.C. Castillo. Well, in a nutshell, I am a Bay Area kid, Northern California kid, born and raised, and uh, I'm an engineer by degree. I spent uh, a good 15 or so years in semiconductors, and I transitioned over to real estate. Um, and I've been in the real estate business for the last 15 or so years, uh, specifically in the multifamily, uh, large-scale multifamily side of, of commercial real estate. And um, I am an owner-operator that's, that's bought and repositioned and, and sold a lot of properties in Dallas-Fort Worth. And I'm also now opening up and have in operation a third-party uh, property management company called Velo Residential, as you rightly pointed out, which is a third-party property management company for hire in Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh, very nice. Awesome. So how did you get your start in the multifamily business? Well, you know, uh, 2001 happened, and I was uh, an engineer uh, in the Silicon Valley, and I got laid off uh, oh. as a result of, of 9-11. And it really kind of forced me to look at my long-term strategy for uh, investing and retirement and sort of what I thought was a secure sort of a position really turned out not to be. And so I decided that real estate was going to be the thing that I would start building on on a long-term setup as an investor primarily. Um, And it sort of turned into a passion, which then actually morphed into a whole different career. And I retired from tech, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Very nice. So you started in 2001, which means that you clearly were a multifamily owner during the Great Recession. So tell us, what did you learn during that experience? Well, I started, technically, I started buying a multifamily in 2006. I actually had, had been buying single family rentals okay. uh, in, in the time between then. Uh, the recession was a great learning experience for me. Uh, what it taught me at the end of the day was you got to buy on real numbers. And yes. you got to be long term focused. You can't be a, a you know, a short term minded person and uh, and make sure that you got your debt, uh, you know, uh, secured and strategically. You, you might want to look towards the long term at times. But at the end of the day, uh, the recession hit and we did fine. You know, we, we had great properties. We, we really were active owners and we were still making cash on cash returns. Now, the equity on the recession, if we had to sell, like, say, in 2009 or eight or 2009 or 2010, we probably would have had a a slight loss on the properties in terms of equity. But just like the stock market, you know, if you start looking at your your stock portfolio every single day and you start freaking out when it goes up five or 10% and then the next day it goes down five or 10%, you know, it's just like real estate, you know, equity is kind of a number, but what really matters is cash flow. And when you look at it over a 10 year chunk of time, you know, things turn out okay when you think the sky might be falling one year to the next. Sure. So speaking of cash flow, 
Talk to me about cap rates in the multifamily space because you know I'm a commercial real estate broker. I specialize in net lease, which is traditionally probably the most stable, secure, and certain form uh, and passive form of, of real estate investment. And because of that low risk, typically we do have relatively low returns. But some of the deals I've been seeing, man, with multifamily all over the country, the cap rates are so low it just boggles my mind. So can you speak to that a little bit? Well, you sort of have a bifurcating market in a way, right? And I, I study this a lot, but what you're seeing in a lot of the great affordable markets um, are you're seeing cap rate compression yeah. because you're seeing multifamily to be a very resilient investment. It proved to be a resilient investment through the pandemic. And so you're having a lot more capital that's chasing these deals, especially if uh, when people are concerned about inflation right now, because, you know, as you know, Multifamily tends to be seen as a little bit of a, of a hedge against inflation. But the story is not quite the same if you really track the numbers in coastal markets like, say, San Francisco or San Jose or, or even New York City. Um, out there, there is still a, a little bit of, 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 of a hangover effect. And people aren't as willing to invest big dollars and buy those properties. Now, they're still trading. Deals are still trading out there. But I think the, the, the investor capital is really a lot more attracted to some of the Sunbelt states, as opposed to maybe some of those coastal markets. And that's where we're really seeing the significant competition for deals, and we're seeing a lot of cap rate compression. So what's your take on the multifamily market as we head into the continuation of this new decade and, and hopefully put this pandemic in the rearview mirror? You know, it's such a great question. You know, uh, being in the business for 15 years and being through the Great Recession and now being through the pandemic, which was technically a recession if you, if you look at it from a GDP standpoint. Mm -hmm. What I started to feel in 2018, and I, and I actually wrote a post at the end of 2019 on this on LinkedIn, and it got a lot of traction, was the 2010s were really the golden age of multifamily. And we really, um, you know, people were flipping for equity, if you will, right? People were holding deals for two years, and they were doubling and sometimes tripling their investment. And that's just not normal if you really look at the history of, of, of commercial real estate and of multifamily. You know, it's a great investment, but it's not that type of an investment. So I think heading into this next decade, and, and we've really sort of saw the pandemic as sort of, in my opinion, it's like the bookend to the end of that golden age of the 2010s, right? It, pandemic was perfectly timed. You know, you think about it, 2020, bam, the door closes. <laughs> That doesn't mean that multifamily is not still a great investment. It just means that we're going back to the way it used to be, which is you have to be a fantastic operator. Sure. So what you really got to do in this decade is you have to be an operate for profit type of a, an operator. And you got to work with really amazing property management companies because anybody in the 2010s, if you bought a deal in 2013, I don't care if you bought at the wrong price. I don't care if you managed it horribly. I don't care if you had the worst property management company you probably doubled your money in two or three to five years. It's just not going to be like that moving forward. I, I, I just think we're in an operate-for-profit decade. That is what people need to understand about this market going forward. So speaking of operating for profit and, and property management, you're a successful property owner who shifted uh, his focus, so to speak, to building out a third-party property management company. Why now? It's such a great question, Dan, and I'm glad you asked that. You know. If you, if you look at the past market of the golden age in the 2010s, um, it was a fantastic time to be an owner. And I still have no doubt, and we will continue to, you know, to buy our properties and become long-term owners, right? I mean, we're focused, we're thinking 10 to 20 year periods. We're not thinking, you know, three to five years on the ownership side. 
But I think where the bigger opportunity is heading into this decade, because it's such going to be so revolving around operations, it's going to be really being focused on how to make owners money with amazing operations. And I think mm -hmm. there's a huge opportunity in the property management space right now, because I don't think that there's a lot of great property managers that are keeping up with the times. You know, again, they've, they've, they've sort of grown up and kind of, you know, gotten used to sort of, you know, having a mediocre solution because the market took care of any of the sure. inefficiencies last decade. Right now, there is a huge opportunity. If you can build a great property management company that can make owners money on the operations, you can be a profitable company. I think the opportunities in property management are going to be significant this decade. So as someone who has experience on both sides, both as the owner and as the property management company, what would you advise that a multifamily owner look for when selecting a property management company? Yeah, I, I, I think there's four things, Dan, that you need to pay attention to. And, and I would write these things down if I were any of your listeners. Um, number one is the property management company that you look at has to be 100% focused on maximizing investment potential and operational profitability at all times. Let's face it, multifamily, your business, commercial real estate business, these are all businesses. They're about making profit, okay? Sure. So the first thing that you need to understand when you're looking for a management company is, is their primary objective to make my, my business more profitable by using their services? That's the number one thing, make, make, it, make it profitable. I think the second thing is you need to make sure that the management company is going to give the best um, customer experience to your customers, right? Your customers are going to be your residents, the people that are living at your property. You know, it's simple things like, you know, are they servicing work orders in a timely fashion? Sure. Do they make it really easy to submit work orders? Do they make it easy to pay rent? Something like paying rent online or having paperless applications. These are some things that are table stakes that I'm shocked at the number of management companies that have archaic solutions to these things. So number two is the customer experience has got to be top notch because this decade, unlike last decade, you're really going to have to work a lot harder to keep your customers in the seats because you can't just flip your deals every two years and, you know, and just, just put the profits in your bank account. So customer experience is the second thing. I think number three is this is something I've learned even sometimes the hard way you have to focus on making your employees happy. Okay. Every single property has on-site staff when we're talking about a property that's got 100, 200, 250, 300 units. You got a big on-site staff. If you are a management company or if you're an owner that's looking to, to hire a management company, if they're not focused on how they make the, hap the employees happy, you're going to have a unprofitable uh, property because they're not going to be motivated to really do what they need to do to mm -hmm. make sure your, your business is successful. And those employees on the front lines they are going to make or break your investment. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. If you don't wake up every day as a property management company and figure out how you can take more of the back office work off of the on-site manager's plate, that's going to create an unhappy employee because you're going to be asking them to do all kinds of things in addition to doing what they love, which is, you know, renting your units and servicing your residents. You're going to put all this other back office pressure on them. And they're going to get burnt out and they're going to quit and there's going to be turnover. And when there's turnover at your property, that's the kiss of death. That's going to really sure. create profitability issues. So happy employees, in my opinion, is the number three thing you need to be worried about. 
Um, and the last thing I'll tell you, and this one is important too, is if you're going to hire a property management company, ask them about their KPIs, their key performance indicators, and ask them how it's automated and how, how you as an owner will be getting those KPIs on a weekly, on a week to week basis. Okay. Think about it. I'm an owner. Owners are really busy people. They're trying to underwrite a million deals. They're trying to acquire deals. They're trying to keep their investors happy. No investor wants to get a report of 10,000 pages and have to look through the report of all these, you know, reams of, of paper and, and, and then try to figure out if their property is, is working the way it's supposed to or not. KPIs eliminate that issue. You should be able to get a, KP, a set of KPIs from your management company, let's say like every Tuesday or Thursday. And within looking at it within five or 10 minutes, you can see from a simple bar chart, okay, property A, B, and C are hitting their numbers. Property E is not. Let's go dive deep on property E and figure out what the problem is. But don't let me waste my time on the first four properties. If they're hitting their numbers, move on. And so KPIs are really important because they enable you as an owner to really just focus on the stuff that matters and ignore everything else because you're too busy with all the other stuff that you got going on. Wow, JC, those were some incredible, incredibly valuable pieces of advice. I just want to go over them again in case anybody missed them since they were so valuable. So you said, number one, they have to be 100% focused on the operational potential and profitability of the assets or asset. Number two, top-notch customer experience, which is the customer in this case from their perspective is the, the resident. Number three, and I really like this one, you have to make sure that they focus on making their employees happy because the last thing that anyone wants to do is work with a company that has employees that aren't happy. Because as we all know, if your employees are not happy, they're not going to be doing the best job that they can. I think it's really interesting that you chose to tease that one out. I like that a lot. And number four, this is also great, is ask them about their KPIs, their key performance indicators. How are you going to know on a week-to-week basis how the assets are performing? And like you said, it should be a very simple, easy-to-digest report that shows you in no uncertain terms how the property is performing. So really great information there. Really appreciate that. So the next thing I want to know here is, you know, we've got a lot of listeners, a lot of viewers that are seasoned investors, that are brokers, that are developers. We've got a lot of people who are watching this saying, I seek out this show because I want to learn. I want to take the next step. And someone like you who has such a varied experience and, and you know, a, a track record um, on both sides, right, on the, the, the operational side and on the management side and the ownership side, I'd like to know what kind of advice, JST, that you'd give to investors who are looking to get started in the multifamily space. You know, my advice never changes. It's the same all the time. And what I always say is, you know, um, number one thing you got to do is start, just start reading a lot of books and getting your hands on any information like this podcast, like your podcast is a great example of that. People should be listening to this podcast and getting all kinds of ideas on the different things that they can do. The second thing that they want to do, and this is really important, they want to actually find a couple of real people, real people that they admire and respect and want to emulate in terms of what they're doing in the career path that they're trying to go after and get out there and, you know, put the social media away, put the, put the darn iPhone away, go out there and actually touch these people shake their hand, tell them that you like them, tell them you want to learn what they're doing. That's what I did when I got started. I would literally shadow people and I would fly with them to different cities and just say, look, I'll stay in a hotel next to yours. I won't get in your way, but just let me learn from you by just watching. 
and go and do that. Be active. Get out there and roll your sleeves up and go talk to these people. And I guarantee you that if you put that work in, you're going to start to piece it together and that's going to get you a start. And there's going to be some magic that will come because of that. Great advice. Start reading, listen to podcasts, grab that education, and then find a couple of real people that you admire and you respect and you want to emulate and and physically get in front of them in some capacity so that you can learn from them and grow. That's awesome. Well, hey, JC, we've got about a minute left. Are there any parting words that you wanted to share with our audience? You know, I think I'm going to go back to the, the main uh, you know, point that I made, which is I really fundamentally believe that people that are going to make money this decade are going to be the ones that are master operators. OK, hopefully we can keep flipping for equity and hopefully all you people that, you know, that buy deals and, and double and triple your equity in, in, in two years time. Hopefully that still happens. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. You're really going to have to figure out how to become a master operator, how to squeeze the profits out of that operational uh, line. That's what's going to really make you money this decade. And I think things like being an operations expert is how you're going to make your money. Love it. Well, hey, JC Castillo, president of Velo Residential, really appreciate you joining us. You've added some incredible value and tips. And I think this is one of those episodes where people are going to just have to press that button at the end and go back to the beginning and listen to it all over again because it's full of so much value. So thank you so much. Well, Dan, and thanks. And I love your energy on the show, by the way. This is great. I've actually enjoyed just seeing you do your work. So you're good at what you do. Thank you so much. Well, hey, I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top, and I look forward to seeing you soon.